0: words that you want spoken, that Father, your will be done in Jesus' name, amen.
1: I feel the share
0: this morning on praise. Now you could say, okay, you're a a music guy, a worship leader, of course you're going to do that, but I've never sensed more urgency for God's people to praise him. Now we all know that we're not all musical. Please don't look at the person next to you right now. We know there are some people that are very musical and there are some people that are very not musical. Sorry for my bad English, but that's what happens. And I think it's, I've, uh, like Christy said, I've been in ministry now for 25 years and the man who the Lord used to mentor me is completely not Musical. We used to do conferences together and people would go up. We have Reverend Peter Robertson here. He's been mentored by Reverend Cole Stringer and my album sales would plummet because the man cannot sing to save his life. I feel like musical ability leaves my body by osmosis when I stand next to him. But he understands something. Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Can I ask, is there anyone here who is not breathing... Because if you are, Master Daphne will come down. She will lay hands on you, raise you from the dead. You can start breathing again and praise God. So we can see praise is not just for the musical. And, and sometimes I think that people have got it into their hearts that all praise and worship and the responsibility of praise and worship is on the people on the stage but my bible says let everything that has breath praise the lord and and I, and you know when when man walked with when adam and eve walked with god in the garden there was such a closeness and as we know the fall of man and sin separated and god had to implement the shedding of blood and we thank you, that God, that in this new covenant that we have, that Jesus is our sacrifice. But there, was, there, there had to be a, a sacrifice. So in the Old Testament, people would bring along their, their cow or their, or, their, or their goat or their sheep or, or if they were poor, just a, a couple of doves. They would bring their sacrifice to the priest. Now notice that was their sacrifice. It wasn't the priest's sacrifice. And sometimes we're in church and we're looking for the sacrifice of the priests, but where's our sacrifice? The Bible says that we offer the sacrifice of praise. And so the, the people would bring along their sacrifice to the, to the priest and you couldn't just say, well, you know, taking a sacrifice is not my personality. Because the Lord wasn't looking for your personality, he was looking for your obedience. And so I look at it with praise that I, just out of my love for God and my obedience to His word, I am going to praise Him. Whether I'm musical or not, whether I feel like it or not, my job is to come into the Lord's house and to praise Him with all of my heart and all of my mind and all of my soul. And so I believe that God is calling all of His people to come back to that place where they want to praise Him. Remember when you first got saved? You just couldn't wait to be in the presence of the Lord. There's something so powerful that happens when God's people all praise him. There's something, You know, the Bible says in, in Psalm 133, where the brethren dwell together in unity, God commands blessing. Do you realize it's scientifically, when we start to sing, our heartbeats even begin to align. Sometimes in praise and worship, it's the most unified we will ever be. I can be preaching and, and reading a, a scripture and other people can be reading a different scripture. Or, the, But when we're singing, we're singing the same words. We're singing together in unity. There's something powerful that happens when God's people praise him. So we praise him just even to be obedient. And I love the prophecy that says that God was going to reconstruct David's temple. Now David's temple was different to King Solomon's temple. King Solomon's temple had an outer court which meant only the priests could go into the presence of God. Where David's was a tent where the presence of God was, was available to everybody. So you mightn't be musical. You mightn't be on the praise and worship team. But God gives us an incredible opportunity to connect with him and to have relationship in such a deep way. Because we're all designed to praise and worship him. You know, the Bible also talks about that praise opens the way to the presence of the Lord. How many times have we, have we prayed, God, we want your presence. Father, we want your anointing. Lord, we, and we pray, and Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that, you're, that you'll touch every heart. But the Bible says, Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures for all generations. It's saying that forever the way into his presence is through thanksgiving and praise. Do you realize you can bring the presence of the Lord into every situation of your life by praising him? You can, the, the, you, God cannot stay away from the praises of Of his people. Psalm 22 verse 3 says you are unholy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Now we are spiritual Israel in the new covenant that God enthrones himself. Now I love the word enthroned because you think of a throne, you think of authority. Who wants the Lord to have full authority over your finances, over your children, over your health, over your marriage? Because where God is, there is just blessing. There's a, there's a story in the Bible, and we, most of us have heard, where um, the Ark of the Covenant, which in the Old Testament,
1: represented the presence of God. And it, and it ended up being put on a cart.
0: See, the presence of God was never meant to be manufactured. It was always meant to be on the shoulders of men and women. See, God had designed the ark to be held on the shoulders of the priests. You know, we're all kings and priests in Christ Jesus. That his presence is not something that we can let a machine do. It's not something that we can let something else do. It's something that we ourselves have to carry. And so what happens is uh, a man named Azazah, he touches the ark, which he wasn't supposed to do, he dies, and David gets scared, doesn't know what to do. He leaves the ark in a barn, the presence of God in a barn of a man could obey him. And it stays there, and such is the blessing of God that's bought by the presence of God, that David, even in his kingdom, hears about it. How powerful would that be when your family, so see the hand of God on your life, so see the blessings and the presence of God on your children and in your marriage and in every area of your life that other people can hear about it from another city. That's pretty powerful. And David finally recognizes, I need the presence of God back in Jerusalem. So he goes, and and that's where we see the story where he he dances with all his heart before the Lord. But the story is, the presence of God brought such blessing. And we can bring the presence of God into our homes by praising him. We can bring the presence of God into our meetings every time by just making a decision, Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to enter your gates with thanksgiving and I'm going to enter your courts with praise. Do you know, the Bible talks about putting on the garments of salvation. The Bible talks about the garment of praise for the spirit of heav- heaviness. And I'm not wanting to, to sound irreverent or, or crass, but if I'd led worship today in my underpants... You would have all thought he is not dressed appropriately. Let's be real. If I was standing here just in my underwear leading worship, you'd go, you are not dressed
1: appropriately for church. Please, I hope that's what you would think.
0: (laughs) The Bible says we've got to put our praise on. That's the appropriate garments that we wear to be able to pray to come into the house of the Lord. I believe that we need to be a people that go, you know what, if no one else praises God, I will. Because that is what is appropriate, that is what he deserves, it is who he is and what we as Christians are designed to do. If no one else praises him, I will. And, I'm, and, and so I believe God is calling his people to make a decision to put on their garments of praise. You know, even this scripture has been just staring out of my heart. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. You know, whenever the Lord restores something, we see over history, He restores truths that sadly is we forget. We saw in the 50s the incredible healing revival where it seemed like Healing was everywhere. It's like God just seemed to put his spotlight on that. Then we see in... In the 60s and early 70s, there was like ministries like Catherine Kuhlman and, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit was and the gifts of the Spirit. Were, it's just like God's shown his spotlight on that. And then in the 80s, we had the wonderful teaching of faith. And, and I believe we've just come into an incredible revelation of grace and the finished work of the cross. But God does these things not so that we forget everything else. He's restoring stuff. And you read this in Romans 5. It says... Therefore, having been justified by faith, who knows, thank the Lord that we've been sanctified and saved by grace through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Grace talks about the unmerited favour of God. You realise you stand in favoured ground.
1: Amen. You need to realise because of Jesus... Because of what he has done for you,
0: where you walk, favour follows everywhere. Didn't the word say that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life? That we need to recognise as people of faith, God has given us immense favour. I think I may have even shared years ago in this church, my wife has to remind me of it. I'll go, okay honey, we're travelling. And when we travel, all of this equipment comes with us, all of our clothes. You know, ladies like to have more than one outfit. We guys tend to be okay with just one. Praise the Lord, we won't go there. <laughs> and we've got lots of luggage. And I'll be like, oh, come on, God, we, we need favour because who knows, excess baggage charges are very expensive. And my wife will remind me, say, honey, remember, we are favoured. And I remember years ago when the Lord began to try and teach me this. I was going to America. I had all of my equipment. And I was like, Lord, help me, God, help me. Oh, God, oh, God. Who understood? You start praying. Oh,
1: Lord, help me, help me, help me.
0: And I felt the Lord say, why can't you just believe because you are in Christ? Because of Jesus, you are favoured, blessed and loved. Now, I'm for intercession. We were in the the prayer kitchen. If you get a cup of tea today, it's going to be extra anointed because we were praying in there before the service, praise God. And so I just began to thank God and I love intercession, but he was just trying to teach me something. Because of Jesus, I'm favoured. I am favoured. And so I just went, Father, I thank you. I'm favoured and blessed and loved. Everywhere I went, I saw the favour of God. Every single place I went, I saw the favour of God. I'd go to pray and the Lord would say, just praise me that you are favoured, you're blessed and you're loved. Because of Jesus, you're favoured. You should say that when you go to work. If you work for a boss, go, Father, I thank you and praise you. I'm favoured. I expect to see favour in my life because of Jesus. So it says we stand this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, who knows the word hope these days with the English language has been really watered down. If someone goes to you and says, Are you coming to church? And they say, I hope so. They're not coming. Let's be real. Or you go, are you going to read your Bible this week? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Hope's nearly been turned into wish. It's been really watered down. But in the Bible, if you study what this word means from the original Greek, it means an earnest, intense expectation. So let's read this whole scripture again with that. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Through whom we also have access by faith into this grace, this unmerited, incredible favor in which we stand, and we rejoice in the earnest expectation of the glory of God. Church, can you imagine? What sort of meetings we would have if every person in the congregation on the way to church was going, Father, I just thank you today because of you, because of your finished work, because of who we are in Jesus, you are going to move powerfully. And Father, we thank you, God, that as we lift our voices and praise you, you will inhabit those praises, that lives will be changed in Jesus' name. That, Father, the worship will be powerful, the preaching will be anointed, not because of who's on the stage, but because of who's on the throne. Can you imagine? What would happen when God's people recognize the incredible opportunity they have that when we come together, that we ourselves can use our faith and our praise to draw the presence of God. And he can't stay away. He can't stay away. I've seen churches
1: have moves of God where I'll be honest, there was error in the pulpit. Just be real. But
0: when God's people made a decision that they were going to praise him because God is God and he is the King of kings and he's the Lord and worthy of our praise, God's presence was still there. I'm not saying you should have error in the pulpit. I'm just saying we can receive from the Lord no matter who's here if we make a decision that we're going to praise him. It's time to put our praise on. Another thing the Lord's been talking to me about is, you know what, praise aligns our flesh with the word of God and brings our life into control of the spirit. Let's be, let's just be really real. The Bible talks in the, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that may me sanctify you whole spirit, soul and body. We are a three-part being. You are a spirit being that will live forever. If you don't know it doesn't matter whether you know Jesus or not, you are a spirit being that will live forever. Just if you don't know Jesus, your destination is not good. We as people and believers know that we have a future and a hope in Jesus. But we have, we have a soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, and we live in this body. See, I believe with all of my heart we were designed to be led of our spirit. I really believe because the Bible says his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that he strengthens us with might by his spirit in our inner man. Our spirit was always meant to be the major leading guiding force of our life. But let's be real, the world doesn't work that way.
1: The world says, whatever you feel, do it. That doesn't work. just doesn't work.
0: I have to be honest, we have five children. These kids can eat. Oh my goodness, they can eat. And when we first got married, we had five children in Christian education together and we were like, oh my gosh, we had no money. So whenever there was like a youth event on and they were all at church, we would go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and get the family feast because then we could eat whatever we wanted and as much as we wanted. And oh, it seemed like a great idea. We wanted to do it so badly. Yes, this is what we want. And then afterwards, nearly every time it's like, why did we do that? Oh my gosh, why did we do that? Who knows your flesh, which, which when you read the Bible and it talks about your flesh, that's just your natural self is not a good judge for your life. I believe that we are to be people led of the Spirit. And do you know one of the greatest ways to be led of your spirit is to praise and worship Him? You know, the Bible says the, the hour is coming and now, we, this is John chapter 4, verse 23, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for God, for Father is speaking, seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth.
1: I'll be honest with you, there's, when I wake up in the morning, My flesh is pretty much in control. Don't look at me with judgment.
0: I'm sure many of you, until you get your coffee, are probably led by your spirit too, by your flesh too. But something happens as I begin to get up and go, Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. Oh, I praise you, Jesus, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You feel something come alive inside of you. How many times have you been to church and be honest you were tired. You've had a big week. Let's be real. This is just life, what happens sometimes. And they'll start worshipping and you're like, oh, I don't like this song. Oh, uh. And we start praising God and you see something change. I see it in the congregations, especially Australian men. Australian men give you that, look, I will not worship God. You can't make me. You're not the boss of me. And... We start singing about the greatness of God. Like we pray, hallelujah, holy is the Lord. And we're praising him. Oh, there's joy in the house of the Lord. We're you know, talking about who we are in him and what he's done. And you see people, they start like this. And next minute,
1: tap in their foot. Stop that. <laughs> next minute, and this for an Australian male is amazing. One little hand. Oh, praise God. And I've seen the hardest Aussie male at
0: the end of it. What's happened? Because your spirit is alive to God. Your spirit feels most at home, worshipping God, proclaiming His goodness, fellowshipping with Him and in His Word. And there's something that just, it's like when you come to that place of praise, it's like your flesh, your spirit goes to your flesh, get out of the way, I'm coming through. And then it's it's just real, yes. I watched a thing a long time ago and I am a have my own recording studio. I've produced other people's albums. So I sometimes just watch documentaries on album making to get some information. And I was watching one by Pink Floyd, don't judge me, for their album Dark Side of the Moon, which was for many – I think it still has the record for the most number of years – in the American Top 200, I think it was like it was in the charts for 10 years without a break and then it still
1: comes back every now and then. So I was like, I'm interested to see if I can learn something. And so I'm watching and David
0: Gilmore, who's the lead guitarist, said, I wish I had listened to that album for the first time because he never got the experience of having never heard it and hearing the whole completed project. Because
1: he'd been through every little part of it. And so I began to think, I wonder what people think of church. I've been a Christian for like 37 years.
0: So I'm thinking, what is it like for a person who walks into our churches who's never been to one of our like services? Normally you can see those people. (laughs) Who remembers what, your first time you ever went to a Pentecostal church? There was, I, re, I remember seeing people with their hands raised and I thought, those people are crazy. But something in me wanted to be able to do that. And so I've made myself a decision. I'm going to ask every person that I see that is new to church, and like I said, you can usually pick them pretty quick, <laughs> and say, what did you think of church? Just be honest. What, what, what did you think? Every single person said this.
1: Everyone. I don't know what it is, but when the singing starts, I feel something. Because when we praise him, the presence of God is there. They didn't understand the
0: word. And and, hey, this is a word church. I love the word. We need the word. But their first impact was when the people they didn't know the terminology they didn't know praise they didn't know worship they just said when the people started to sing i felt something do you realize our praise can show the most hardened atheist that god
1: is real i've seen people come in and they're just like they're undone they just i had no idea i had no idea that god was real you know the bible talks about that Our flesh, if we let our flesh lead us, it can lead us into a bad place. If you read the book of Romans and Paul talks about the
0: grace of God and he understands that purely because of Jesus we can come boldly into his presence, that purely because of Jesus we have right standing before God, that he's cleansed us and purified us. But he understood that his flesh could do dumb things. He said, no good things come from this flesh. He understood that if he let his body do what it would just naturally want to do, he even said in one scripture, I'll end up shipwrecked. He said, I buffet my body. In other words, I tell my body, you are not all all your emotions. Who knows, sometimes our emotions can just take over. And it's like this spiral, it just gets worse. And suddenly this little problem is a massive problem. But our spirit is, that's where God's, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Imagine how better our marriages would be if there was more of that. More love, more joy, more peace. That comes from our spirit. But I'll be honest. I wake up. People look at me and go, "Oh, Pete, you know, you're you're a minister and you're a worship leader, and and you know, you're sort of a happy-go-lucky guy. You know, must be so fun sort of to be with." I'm not always fun. You should. See, my wife has to put up with if my musical equipment's not working. You know, it's okay to be real. Sometimes we pretend things like, who, you know, like she, she'll see me if I'm tired, and we just got that grumpy sort of thing happening. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You all do it. You just, Oh, you're at church. You have a buff. You know how you can change that? Just begin praising God. I love this scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is in dissipation. Because it's saying when you get drunk, your flesh is in control and you're going to be in trouble. But be filled with the Spirit. Now listen to this. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Now listen. Speaking to one another. That talks about corporate worship. Because you can't speak to... Well, you can speak to yourself. People will think you're crazy. But it says speak to each other in psalms and hymns. Psalms and hymns are written songs. A psalm and a hymn is a written song. So the Bible's talking about when we sing these great songs, I raise a hallelujah. Give thanks with a great voice. I'm singing a psalm, a hymn, and then it talks about a spiritual song. That's when something comes alive in your heart. And you know what? When we just began to play and worship, I heard in the congregation people just starting to sing to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. It was no longer written. It was something alive coming out of your heart. It's so precious to the Lord. That's you being
1: filled with the Spirit. You know what? When I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm a much better husband. I'm a much better dad. I'm a much better friend. And, and, and I believe sometimes we try,
0: you know what? We try and live a Christian life in our natural flesh. We weren't designed to. We were designed to be filled with the Spirit of God. And one of the best ways to, you know, on the way to work, just put on some worship music. Or put on a bit of the word of God being preached and just begin to thank him. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. I find sometimes if Christian, you know, Christians, we never argue, do we? No, we just have intense discussions. And we've had times when we have had intense discussions. But if we start worshiping together, it's very hard to be angry at each other. When we just start to praise God and go, you know what, uh-uh, I'm mad at you right now, but God is good and I'm going to praise him. Do you know what happens? The Bible says you're filled with the Spirit. I think it's actually amazing. I, it, this, do you know the very, uh, Oh, okay, I'll keep going. Sorry. So speaking to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? We should have a time of thanksgiving in our heart every day. Because sadly, if you're not, you're having a time of grumbling. There's a scripture that actually, it it shook shook me a little bit. You know, Deuteronomy 28 verse 47 says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything, therefore you'll serve your enemies. I don't want to serve my enemies. Now you can say that's old covenant, but God is not withdrawing his love from you. But who knows that there's a devil out there that doesn't like you? Who knows that we live in a broken world that's not going in the flow that what God designed for us. And the way we can align that and bring that back to the place where the devil's kicked out, that where we're moving in the blessing and the favour of God is just begin to praise him. Just begin to be
1: thankful. Just make a decision. You know what? Today... I'm going to be just thankful. And you know what? If something bad happens, go, well,
0: Father, I thank you that you are going to just show yourself strong in this. And, or, or if you're going under pressure, well, Father, I just thank you that this is an opportunity for me to grow. If someone rubs you up the wrong way, Father, I thank you, Lord, this is an opportunity for me to grow and be able to move in the supernatural love of God. Make a decision I'm going to be thankful and it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God and in the new covenant, the word fear actually means worship. Jesus, Jesus in, in quoted when the devil came to him and says, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Jesus quoted Deuteronomy 6.19 which says, fear the Lord and him alone. And he changed it to worship the Lord your God. Because in the New Covenant, we can have a reverential, like the
1: fear talks about a reverence of God and a worship of the Lord. But who knows, submitting is not an easy thing.
0: Don't look at me, oh, I just, I just love being told what to do. It's my favorite thing in the world. My wife and I have a joke when we tell someone each other to do something. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> who, who knows, our natural flesh just wants to do its own thing. Which is not always a good thing. And then God will call you
1: to not, when you're married, it's not just you anymore. You've got another person who has an opinion. And it's not always going to be the same opinion as you. If you need your spouse
0: to be exactly and, and, and love every opinion and everything you do, buy a dog. Don't get married. <laughs> so you're, you're with this person. And do you know the very next scripture after this, talking about being filled with the Spirit, He says, wives submit to your husbands, and husbands love your wives as Jesus loved the church. Now I know a lot of women that go, oh, I don't like that scripture. But to be honest, that's easier than love your wife as Jesus loved the church and gave himself.
1: That's a pretty high bar.
0: Every time I think, oh, yeah, I bought my wife flowers, husband of the year. And the word says, love your wife as I love the church. Do you know what? That's impossible to do in your own strength. But he talks about be filled with the spirit, singing, making psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to the Lord. And when we do that, when we have an atmosphere of praise in our life, when we make a decision, we're going to praise him. Do you know what? I want to love my wife. I want to submit to my brothers and sisters in love. I want to serve. Why? Because the real me, the hidden man of the heart that is full of love, full of joy, full of peace,
1: he's in control. Not the cranky one that gets upset when his guitar won't tune up properly. You know, that happens when we praise him. That happens when he praises.
0: You know, the Bible even says... In, in um, Ephesians chapter six verse 13, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore you know how you stand, you just praise God. you praise God, you've prayed. the Bible says in, in one John chapter five he has heard your prayers and, you, and he has what you prayed for, he's given you, and your job now is just to praise him for the result. We just praise him. Like, there's things, there's areas in our lives, like I have to fight through symptoms in some areas. And I just go, Father, I just praise you in Jesus' name for it. I'm standing on your word and I'm praising you that your word is true. I thank you, Father, that your word is the highest authority, far above any symptom, far above what, any, any doctor's report. Sorry, Daphne, but Dr- Daphne's
1: spirit filled, so she'll give you the word as well. But praise the Lord. It's time to put our praise on. Amen. It's so powerful. Like you read Paul and Silas in prison. It says they worshipped. They praised him.
0: It says they sung hymns to the Lord. And I did a study of the Greek word that they translated to hymn. And it literally means I remember. It literally means, Father, I remember what you did for me on the cross. Father, I remember that you died for me and you rose again, that you filled me with your spirit, that you've given me your word, that you've given me your promises. And the Bible says as they did that, the whole jail was shaken. Come on, church. It's time for us to praise him. You know, Christy and I will go into our kids' rooms. Just because you're a preacher doesn't mean your kids automatically do everything you want them to do. And so... I'd go into our kids' rooms and I'd just start praising God. I'd lie on their bed and just go, Lord, you prayed over prayer cloths, so this doona is a giant prayer cloth. And I'd just lay on their bed praising Him. We'd put worship music on in the house. Because why? Because when we praise Him, God's presence is always there. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the, the Bible talks about our breakthrough is connected to our praise. It says, rejoice our barren who do not bear. Break forth and shout those who are not in labor for the desolate has more children than she who has a husband. So in if you read that in Isaiah, it says, sing. Some of you are waiting for a breakthrough and the Lord is telling you today in Jesus' name, sing. Praise Him. Praising, We've seen so many people. We just came back from Melbourne. And you know what? There were people in the meetings that we were doing that had just lost their houses in the Melbourne floods. Three lots of people. And they're in church praising God. Praising God because they recognise what they need is a miracle and that's only going to happen by the supernatural hand of God. And the way to make that happen is to praise Him. So God is wanting to change every situation you are facing that is a struggle, but
1: he's saying to you, sing. Time to put our praise on. Thank you, Lord. We are designed, as I've said many times, to praise him. In Ephesians chapter 1, I won't go there because of time because we're nearly running out of time. He talks about that we have redemption, through his blood,
0: the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made, abound to us in all wisdom. Do you realize that our redemption is genius? The genius of God, you think of it, God in his heart wanting to reconcile man needs to find a way that he can connect with us that's beyond our own stupidity and mistakes. So he sends Jesus, genius. Genius. Who's ever seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? The Chronicles of Narnia, that which C.S. Lewis wrote as a, a, an analogy of the cross. And you watch in the movie or you read in the book where Aslan, which is the lion who represents Jesus, is, he gives himself as a sacrifice. And the enemies think that they've won and they're rejoicing because they've killed the sacrifice. But
1: that sacrifice opened the way for the people to be blessed. And it also says that his will, okay, Ephesians 1, verse 7 to 10, it talks about
0: having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good purpose which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he may gather together in one thing in Christ, both in heaven and earth, in him. It was God's purpose and plan to have us in him. He says, there's no more Jew nor, Jew, or, or Jew nor Gentile, no more male nor female, but one in Christ. We come before the Lord, not because I'm a Jew or I'm a Gentile or a male or I'm a female. I come to him because I'm in Christ. And you know what? It says over in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. The intent now, the manifold wisdom of God may be known to the ch- by the church. Who's the church? That's us. That's not just the preachers. That's not just the worship team. That's not just the eldership and the intercessors. We are the church. Then his intent was that the manifold wisdom of God, the fact that we are redeemed, should be made known to the principalities and powers according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ. In other words, church, when we praise him, and sing these great songs that we are redeemed, that we are washed in the blood, that now that the weak say, I'm strong, we're letting the devil know, back off, we're in Christ, we are the redeemed of the Lord. It's warfare over your life when you praise him. And, and, and we've so many times we've just spent thought war, warfare is binding the devil. And there's, there's a place for that. But when we praise him, he can't stay in that atmosphere. Ephesians 2 talks about that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. And the Lord spoke to me once and said, you know, when you praise me, you take
1: authority of that atmosphere back. Because Adam gave that authority to the devil. And God doesn't break or bend the
0: rules. But he made a way for us to take that authority back. And that's through Jesus, when we proclaim his goodness, when we proclaim what he has done and who
1: we, the church, are In him, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So church, I just really, with all of my heart, feel that the Lord is preparing us for a great move of God. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied that New Zealand,
0: Australia, the islands would see the greatest revival the world has ever seen and it would spread to the whole earth. And I believe He is preparing His people for that, that, move. And I believe it will start when God's people all take responsibility for worship and make a decision. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If no one else praises Him, I will. If no one else lifts up our voice, their voice, and praise,
1: I will. Can we just stand to our feet for a sec, babe? Can you come back? I just want us to sing us, finish with a song.
0: We've only got a couple of minutes and Pastor Daphne's going to come back. But I pray you'd make that decision to connect with him. You mightn't be able to sing. No one's asking, can you? You might, you know, like I said, the man who ministered to me, he has a joke, he talks about, singers run in my family. They have to because they can't sing but you lift your voice and you praise him. Thank you, Jesus.